you'll read a bio every once in a while that says, you know, Mary Sue Jane was a is an actress and a singer and an aspiring filmmaker and a dancer and a choreographer and she's also writing a children's novel and all these different things. Where you really don't see that type of material is in people who've gotten to the top of their game. Stevens. I am the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers. And this is the Taylor Stevens Show podcast with Steve Campbell. And we are here today and we are going to pick up where we left off last week. It was a throwaway line at the end of the last show talking about focus. Yes, so that is the topic today. But before we get to it, we have some housekeeping to do. Uh, first, we we had a new review from Gene in the Mountains. And Ooh, I, I, th- I have no idea who Gene is, but I'm envisioning Gene, and it's G-E-N-E, so presumably male, and sitting on a front porch on a cabin in the mountains. And you're in Dallas. I'm in Florida. It's hotter than blazes where we're at, and I, I'm envious of Gene for being in the mountains. <laughs> anyway, Gene says, Taylor Stevens is smart insightful, but most of all, real. As both a reader and fan of her books and as an aspiring novelist myself, I leave these podcasts feeling like I just had a fascinating conversation with a good friend. Check them out. You'll gain a deeper understanding of the woman behind the words and how the writing life and the evolving world of publishing works. That's a really good review. Thank you, Gene. Gene, thank you so much for taking the time, and thank you for those thoughts. That just, I'm smiling. If you can't hear it, I'm smiling. <laughs> All right, now, I'm going to roll into my radio voice, and I've, I've, I don't really have a radio voice, so I'm going to do the best I can. But on a previous episode, we, we put out a call for people for writing book suggestions, and we got one that was kind of interesting. So why don't you share what that was? Okay, so this was from Bruce, and he submitted it over Twitter. It's a a book that I haven't read and I'm quite fascinated about, and I'm wondering if I'm going to get it for myself. It's called Creating Unforgettable Characters by Linda Seeger. And uh, it looks it looks good. So she's uh, also the author of Making a Good Script Great. So I think that uh, maybe the book focuses primarily on uh, screenwriting. I don't know. I'm very interested to check it out. So thanks, Bruce, for that suggestion. You know, that would be an interesting topic for a show sometime. It's not today's topic, but it would be an interesting thing, the idea of character creation, because you're right now going through the process of working on some new things, as we talked about last week, and uh, it, it would be interesting to hear what your process is like for character creation. But that's for another day, because today we are focused on our topic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is focus. So last week we were um, we got off on that tangent of all the different things that are juggling and up in the air and, and such. And, and I think we left off saying something like, it may sound like I'm scattered and running from thing to thing, but I'm not. And I wanted to talk about focus. The thing that is so important about focus, and, and often when um, when people talk about focus, they sometimes think, that means like sitting down at a desk and just working for six uninterrupted hours or something. And that is a form of focus, being able to focus on what you're doing 
productivity and all of that. But the focus that I'm talking about is having a goal and zeroing in on it. Because that kind of focus, that sort of laser beam focus where you know where you're trying to get and you just grab onto it and doesn't matter what else comes up in life, you're just focused on that and you're going to find a way to get it done. That is the only way to get a book written and it's the only way to get a book published. And I think, honestly, it's the only way to have any genuine, true success in life or it's a way to not minimize what success is available to you because you see it so often, and I've, I've written about this in, in my emails to the cool kids, how you'll, you'll read a bio every once in a while that says, you know, Mary Sue Jane was a, is an actress and a singer and an aspiring filmmaker and a dancer and a choreographer, and she's also writing a children's novel and all these different things. And where you really don't see that type of material is in people who've gotten to the top of their game. You'll see that they are multifaceted, but they're focused on a specific aspect of what it is that they do until they reach that, and then they might branch off and do something else. Or they'll do variant aspects that tie in together to reach a single-minded goal. For instance, if they want to perform on Broadway, they might sing and dance and act, but they're a Broadway performer. They're not a singer, an actor, and a dancer. So the point is, is that I see a lot of people who start things and don't finish them. And all of that starting and not finishing, while, while it teaches you things along the way, it doesn't actually get you anything unless your entire goal in all of that is just to enjoy the journey. If there's no end destination, then it doesn't really matter. You don't, you don't have to focus because you're not trying to get anywhere. But if you're actually trying to get somewhere, you have to know where it is that you're trying to get. And everything that you do and everything you invest your time in, creatively speaking, has to somehow tie in with that end goal. So you might be like me and have four different projects going on all at the same time. I'm not working on four different projects at the same time. Primarily, I'm going to have one, and I will laser focus on that until I get it done. And once it's finished, I'll move on to whatever the next one is that's in that queue. And while I might piddle with the others along the way, I'm not going to blend them and and try and, and multitask to that level because that's diffusing your energy and you're not going to have that single-minded focus that it takes to get the job done. So focus, yes. All right. You mentioned uh, several times it, while you were talking uh, goals. Uh, presumably you are a goal person. I am a goal person. How do you what, – what is your goal-setting process? Are you uh, – uh, you, I know you've written about this, this – you did a New Year's Eve type post uh, a couple of years ago that was fascinating. Um, but you're not a person who stays up late on New Year's Eve and says, this is what I'm going to do next year. So what is your process? You know, it's varied. And I think a process is it has to be unique to the person and, and what works for them. For me, um, goals can be uh, chains that, that bind you. 
if you're not flexible with those goals. So for me, everything is about trying to get to a destination, an end, an end goal, I guess you could say. And there's lots of little milestones along the way. And the, and the goals are the milestones that help you keep track of whether you're actually going in the right direction or not. Before you can even set goals, you have to know what it is that you want. And by want, I mean like in your deepest heart of hearts. And that is, the, is a really a lot harder than it sounds because knowing what you want is not the same as saying, ooh, I really like that watch, I want that watch. Or I'd really like to have that phone, I want that phone. Knowing what you want is, is almost as, as deep as understanding your purpose in life. And for some people, it can be really, really uncomfortable to sit down and try and figure that out. Because what often happens is that you, you, you go through the motions of living, but you don't really live when you don't know why you want what you want. And, and many people have found themselves in the position of having those wants imposed upon them, either by society or by culture or by family. And there's, there's lots of different influences by, by the media, by their friends. And so rather than, than go through the struggle of trying to figure out who you are and what you're after, it's easier to just go along with the moment of what's there. So if you're in the frame of mind of going along with the moment and just living one day to the next without really thinking about why, then goals are, are going to be like chains because you're not doing it because it's what you really want. You're doing it because you feel it's what you're supposed to want and you think that you want it. So before goals can even make sense, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and what it is that you're doing it for. And when you have that, then you can set goals to reach that end destination. And you may find five years into trying to attain a goal that maybe you didn't want it anyway, you thought you did, but you've changed since then. And so you have to have that flexibility to, to go with your heart and, and go with your life and, and, and what makes you happy and what, what brings you peace and joy. So once you've got all that settled and, and you know where you're going, then the goal is a matter of breaking it down. And if, for example, you have a goal to finish a book by a certain date and you know that you write at a certain pace, then you know that, well, in order to get that book finished by a certain date and it's going to be hypothetical 100,000 words, that means I need to write this many words per month, this many words per week, which breaks down into this many words per day. And if I have these many hours available for writing, then I need to either write that, be able to write that many words in that amount of time or I need to change the goal because it's unrealistic. And then once you have it, you stick to it and you focus on it and you do everything you can to attain it. And you don't let yourself get distracted by other things because, oh, now I've got this other idea instead. And, oh, this other thing would be really cool. And, you know, it's like a, a, a kid, a, a toddler who goes into a room full of toys and he picks up this one. And then, you know, 10 seconds later, he's dropped it and done, did another, grabbed something else. And, and if you're like that with the different projects or ideas you have, you're never going to get anything finished. And finishing typically, no matter what you want and where you're headed, is always the end goal. Are you saying 
that we shouldn't stop everything that we're doing and everything that we're working on when Apple announces a new iPhone so that we sit and watch <laughs> for two hours and so we can dream about that so that all of our goals become absorbed or, or they all just kind of float away and our new goal is to get that new iPhone or the Apple Watch or the new car or, you know, whatever the thing du jour is today? Because this I, is this sounds like crazy talk to me. I don't even relate to what you're saying. <laughs> I have no concept of it, and I'm not joking. I know, and that's that's what makes you so much fun. Um, I think, again, this boils down to why you have to know what it is you want and why you're doing it. Because if, you know, pursuing Apple and dropping everything for the latest <laughs> gadget is what really brings you joy and peace, then maybe your goals should center around that. Um, so don't tell yourself that you wanted to do this other thing instead if you don't find the time for it. Clearly, it wasn't that important to you. So that's that's why it's so critical to find out and figure out the difference between what it is you want and what it is you think you're supposed to want. Like maybe some people set out to write books, for example, not even because they want to, but because they think they're supposed to want to just based on the culture that surrounds them, whether they're surrounded by other writers or um, maybe it runs in their family or people have just told them for years, oh, you should write a book, you should write a book. And so they're doing it because they think they want to, but they don't really, but because they've never actually sat down and thought, well, why am I doing this? And what is my goal? Then then they just go through the motions and they do it and they get frustrated and they frustrate themselves because it's not fun to feel like you've set out to do something and just never have done it. That's, that sounds more like failure than success and nobody wants to feel that. So differentiating between what you want and what you think you're supposed to want, hard, really hard critical. <laughs> and and powerful. You mentioned uh, the hard work that goes into things like determining what you want, uh, figuring out what your purpose may be. And it really is. It's, it's hard work, requires a lot of thought. But when it's done, it's, to a certain extent, it's embedded in your mind and you're less likely to be chasing after the next whoop-de-doo gadget unless that's exactly what you want. And I, I will say for the record that I haven't had an iPhone in six or seven years now. But oh, but we've all got gadgets, don't we? we? We've all got <laughs> gadgets, but I'm less of a gadget person than I used to be. So you had asked me about um, what my goal-setting process is, and mm -hmm. I kind of wound around it. Like, I, I touched on it a little bit. For me, there's, there's different things. And, you know, I, I used to be a lot more goal dominant than I am right now because I had fewer uh, things going on in my life. My, my juggle, my life juggle is a lot bigger right now and I've got more stuff going on. Um, and by more, I mean like podcasts and email lists and, and things like that, that kind of eat into that single-minded focus. And the reason why I'm comfortable with that is because it all still it, it all wraps into the end goal of allowing people to discover me as an author. Because if people can't discover me as an author in this very, very crowded world, then I can write all the books that I want. And it's, nobody's going to read them. Nobody's going to know they're there. So my, my goal setting is not as intense as it used to be. But I still will sit there and go, okay, I need to have this draft finished by XYZ day. 
So my goal now is to churn out this many words per day or whatever it is based on the need of, of what aspect of it is that I'm working on. I'm a lot more familiar with my own productive pace. I know what I can expect out of myself. So sometimes there's just standards. I expect this many words out of myself a day, whether I'm goal setting or not. And then there's the big picture setting, which to me isn't even goals. It's allowing myself to dream. And it's allowing myself to think, if a genie came along and granted me all my wishes, what would my wish for this next coming year would be? And that's what I was writing about in that um, piece that you talked about, about New Year's, how when the New Year rolls around, instead of going, oh, I have a resolution to do this or I have a resolution to that, which um, I think making New Year's resolutions is kind of stupid because if you're waiting to only one day of the year to make a resolution, then how, how much do you really care about that thing? You know, every day is the first day of the rest of our lives. So for me... It could be done any time, but because New Year's is traditionally a time that people stop and reflect, that's, I'm like, okay, that I'll, that's, I've got to pick a day. I'll just pick that day. And so I will either on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve or the, the night before that or some in that general area, I will sit down and, and write out my dreams for the year. And usually they are fantastically impossible because it's not a goal list. It's helping to clarify in my mind what it is I really want and what's important to me and why. And it's just narrowed down to a year instead of 10 years from now. And, and then when the year is done, I'll go back and I will look. I put it away. And then I will go back and I will look at the end of the year. I haven't looked at it for 364 days. And I will see what was it that I said that I wanted for this year. And it's a fascinating look at the passage of time and how we change through time. And it, shockingly, many things that are on that list will have happened without any conscious effort on my part. And sometimes they don't necessarily happen that year, but three years ago I had wanted XYZ and then this year it happened. And just that, that act of knowing and that act of allowing yourself to dream and want, it sort of crystallizes your your target in your, in your soul, I suppose, in your subconscious and allows it, it, it will uh, influence decisions that you make. And when it's time to make those sacrifices of like, do I want to go do this? And you realize, well, that's not actually going to get me where I want in life. And let's say I had a financial goal or something to save a certain amount of money or pay off a credit card or something. Well, I could go out and spend some money and it's not going to be that big of a deal, but it will take me further away from what I know I really want. So do I really want that or do I want the thing that I want to buy? And so by, by sitting there and, and wanting it out on paper and allowing myself to dream, it allows my subconscious to figure out what really matters. And then a lot of decisions throughout the year are just sort of guided by that. And it's, it's really quite amazing to get to the end of the year and see all that did actually happen. There is a great deal of power in writing things like that down. And you're right. I mean, you, you write it down and you put it away and you don't, for the most part, you don't really think about it. But then when you look back on it, it, it is amazing the number of things on the list, or the, whether it's a goal list or a dream list, uh, that, that happened over uh, or that will happen over a period of time. Now, I know you're extremely focused on the content of this show. 
and you probably have not been focused on the call to action at the end of the show. <laughs> Correct. So I have <laughs> taken care of that. The call Thank to action <laughs> for today is now. Uh, Listeners, longtime listeners to the show will know that there must be a leaf blowing out in your yard. Yes. Can you hear her? Yes. Yes. There must be a leaf blowing out in my yard right now. <laughs> All right. Call to action is, as of this morning, we're recording this episode on September 23rd. As of this morning, there were 99 reviews of the mask. So call to action is, if you've read the book, Go to Amazon, 99 Amazon reviews. So if you've read the book, you bought it at Amazon or you bought it somewhere else, go to Amazon and leave a review. You can leave it also at Barnes Noble and any of the other places too. I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to cross post the same review, but there's no sin in doing that if you're if you favor one place over the next. But yes, please go somewhere. But I, that would be really cool if that 99. Somebody's going to be number 100. And Who's if, if you number are one? number 100, uh, send Taylor a tweet and let her know so that we can give you a shout out. Tweet, email, Facebook, whatever. It's all good. Whatever it may be. And you can hear that the dog loves the idea of this call to action. <laughs> yes, so with, with that being said, uh, we will be back again next week with another fantastic episode. Thank you so much for listening, guys.